city of Denver, uh, I got commissioned to write this poem. Um, and really what, what they was asking for was some some shit to, to like uh, support some grant, you know what I mean? And I was like, you know what? If, if I'm gonna write for a grant, I'm gonna say the real shit that's going on in the city. Yes. Um, and so this poem is called Power of the Art. It was inspired by the 2020 Imagine Campaign, which funneled $20 million into the city of Denver to create art. And uh, truthfully speaking, none of that money went into the hood. And so, in that poem, I had to call them out a little bit, you know, uh, and, and, and hope that they would find some of that into the hood, and they did eventually. Um, but anyways, this poem is called Pavia. As an educator, I often find myself arguing for the importance of art in our classrooms and our communities. I go on and on about its importance to empower our youth and the ability to turn traumatic life experiences into beautiful pieces of art. Now for those of you who remain skeptical, I challenge you to take it up with the big blue bear sculpture downtown. And as you stand there, gazing right into the big blue bear's <laughs> you will smile and realize that that small moment of joy can be the most important lesson we can ever teach our youth. My love for the arts developed mobbing down the streets of the west side of Denver. I saw some of the most beautiful and powerful pieces of art written on the walls, the graffiti, vibrant colors reflected how most of us felt inside. Something about seeing our names written on the walls gave us a feeling of ownership that we never obtained in mortgage contracts. Many of our friends would stay up all night searching for the place, the perfect spot, a wall worthy of their masterpiece. We felt like little kids aligning alphabetical magnets onto the city's fridge. We wrote poems on bricks because schools failed to provide us paper. The artwork, the artwork never lasted very long. But for that short period of time, we turned our alleys into art galleries and trash cans into mythology. They are the seeds that birthed the, the roses that now grow on the Santa Fe Art District. We were never cited in the government's, you know, government papers. I have witnessed art nourish a community in ways that politicians can never even imagine. Like the time the mural was painted across the street from my ministry. The mural, desperate scenes to fire. I watched gang members from opposing sets come together, using the colors of their bandanas to spray paint the words Barrio Unity, a treaty that has never been broken since. I've listened to hip hop poets and poet, uh, hip hop poets and artists communicate and mobilize the community in languages academia has been worth. The same words that grant donors use to describe our services 
Like helping the kid get through a rough time isn't worth the investment. Because happiness has never been an accurate measurement of success. But you tell that to the kid who feels unbreakable. Unbreakable when they hit pop on the dance floor. You tell that to the queer teen who just came out to their parents in a beautiful musical song. You tell that to the teen who bounces the sound of the parents arguing off the sound of the instruments. How many messages must be written on the walls before we realize that art still speaks to our people, especially the young ones. The truth is that those people have the future. Those people have all of the tools that they need to build themselves a better future. So make sure they get that shit <laughs> and make sure they express themselves fully the way they meant. Perpetuating this image about my people, right? Or do I want to be broke as hell? You 
So this song Tacos is speaking about how everybody in the fucking United States loves tacos. <laughs> but they don't love our people. <laughs> and it's like, yo, like, how can you love this shit but not love us? And so I wrote a song um, speaking about that, you know what I'm saying? Um, but anyways, this poem is a little bit different. This poem is about my brother Eli Montoya getting married. It's called a Chicano Way. And this goes out to my boy Dylan because he's an expert in this field. We <laughs> 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 get requested all the time to write this ready poems, bro. And, uh, and yeah, man, so I wanted to write this because I have a feeling some magical stuff going to happen in this household pretty soon. You know what I mean? So, uh, anyways, this poem starts like this. It was a perfect Colorado day. The birds were humming the melody to Ritzy's balance. You're mine, and we belong together. The wind took that high note and perfectly harmonized with the sound of laughing children and family greetings. The sun made an appearance, but didn't try to cause a scene, yo. Because even though it's used to everything revolving around its schedule, even the sun itself understood that today, the spotlight did not revolve around him. For today, one of my brothers was getting married. On this day, you see the cholos wearing suit suits and their most female cargos. Abuela in their finest vestidos and retired b-boys busting out the old choreography for the special occasion, Spanish and English words smoothly dancing the walls on the guest tongue as their converse, a perfect blend of two worlds, Chuchicano wedding, cold switching with no hesitation, and no matter how hard life is, it's nearly impossible not to be overwhelmed with joy. Now all the guests have arrived, nearly seated in the exact place the bride imagined when she was planning her wedding as a baby girl with her sister as kids. The grooms, the groomsmen, they're all in their position and the bridesmaids all mirror them on the other side and then, and then the bride appeared with her father on her side and her dress flowing elegantly behind her. I've never seen my boy wear a smile so proudly. Love spilling out his mouth as he read his vows. Promise to take care of her the same way her father did to stand beside her through thick and thin. They, they sealed their marriage with a kiss. Their lips became the ink that finalized their contract of love. I'm not crying, Holmes. You're crying. <laughs> but the truth is, we all couldn't hold back the tears, and we all sobbed, and the water from our eyes fed the roses that their love will become. Today, my little brother shows me what commitment so fearless in making the biggest, biggest decision of their life. The whole room was floating in love, and we all grew anxious 
before I begged to come. But you know what? Maybe, maybe tomorrow we'll be lucky enough to find our own tooth life, God, on <laughs> But until that moment, let's raise our glass. Let's celebrate to a new chapter. To Mr. and Mrs. Montoya, the happiest couple. In your eyes, 
instead of rhyming. Hawking instead of breathing. Rest in peace, Joseph Nunn. You were a walking piece of art who no one ever bothered to paint. And I'm sorry it's in words, but today, in our cave in California, we breathe your masterpiece into existence. I was exposed to 
finally drenched through my clothes and into my bones. So now I walk, I walk like I got a wounded knee, like the structure holds me down by my back pockets. Sagging jeans are one of the side effects left over from our oppression. And when you walk with this much weight at an early age, your steps begin to sound like ticking bombs. Trayvon Martin was smirched for having the same mark as me. And they asked me, they asked me why I cried. Because he walked just like me. Because he walked just like me. Still perfecting his own walk. Still getting used to the feeling of walking in a black or brown man's shoes. This, this is the reason why kids like us never achieve social mobility. How can we climb the ladders of class if we can't even walk through our neighborhoods without feeling like someone, like someone is chasing after us? But I risk it all to show my son and the rest of the chavaditos in the world that we can walk to a better future instead of having to walk away from everything all the time. And if we all walk at the same time, the weight of our steps will force this world to fit its rotation. So stand up and walk with me. My people, stand up and walk with me. Because we have the weight of the world at our feet. And I think it's time that we finally, finally
Thomas did. Picking out scabs from old wounds that have yet to heal. Reading all history textbooks for inspiration. If there's anything more painful than an old white professor telling you a story, it's when it's wrongfully told. I still remember the first time I learned his name. Mr. Washington's words sounded more like a right. Fuck. Christopher, Christopher Columbus discovered America. At that moment, I felt the thunder beams crack the sky. I was in first grade. And even then, I understood that something was missing, so I raised my hand. And somehow, it felt like an Indian revolt, like I was shooting wooden arrows into the mouth of a steel cannon. Damn. What about the Indians, motherfucker? <laughs> How do you discover someone when Mother Earth already spoke our name into existence? Philip. And Mr. Washington's eyes turned into smallpox. <laughs> ready to exterminate any question that I have. Well, the Indians, just a bunch of peanuts, undressed and uncivilized. And suddenly, <laughs> Our classroom turned into the battle at the Little Bighorn, and the ancestors, the ancestors said today is a good day to die, and I'll be damned if I let this motherfucker lie. <laughs> but I was seven years old. <laughs> Excluded from Thanksgiving dinner. The scoldings I received felt like massacres at Sand Creek, like braids being cut off at boarding school. They say the only good Indians are dead Indians, so they cut our hands off if you didn't bring enough gold. And if you really wish to exterminate the savages, you must start with their children, because nits make lice and lice. Lice are bloodthirsty, but here's the irony. When Columbus first encountered the Dainos, he gave them, gave them the name Indios, meaning in God or God's children. Someone please explain to me why we worship a man who kills angels. I guess he read the Bible the same way he read that ordinance with his eyes closed. Yet today, today we celebrate the world's biggest mistake. The truth is, Columbus never even stepped foot on what we call America. Yet his bloody spirit still lives on. And the hungry trigger fingers of police officers killing our people at higher rates than ever. Through the oil pipelines that stretch themselves to our reservations and sacred burial grounds, America! America! Is there not enough blood underneath you? Fingernails already. We've tried so hard to bury these people underground. <laughs> you forgot that they were seeds. No. A red tree will always blossom. And you'll never cut us down.
whole life. Don't be insane. It's like, you know, like five people show up to the event. You know, and look at this. Yeah. Look at this. Look at how beautiful you look. You know, look at how beautiful your community looks. Um, so thank you for being a part of this beautiful community. And keep it going, y'all. You know what I'm saying? And next time I come back, let's have double as many people in here. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate you so much. I thank you. And I appreciate you for supporting my family and for supporting this movement. And um, yo, come out at me for some books. I got some books to sell. This is going to keep me um, uh, fueling me for my journey. I got two more or uh, I got one more show left before I go home. And so how we get through this. Um, I appreciate y'all so much. If you want to hear some more poems, you can check me out online as well. Or just come out at me and I'll read you a poem for free. <laughs> Thank y'all so much. I appreciate you. Make some noise for our other sisters. Coming out of the